All right, here we go with the news for June 18th, 2020. I'm off today, and I'm going to be off all this week going to Lake Geneva, so no more drivey for me. Of course, I get to drive to Lake Geneva, but I can live with that. That's fine. So that being said, let's get on with the news. Oh, and before I get into that, uh, don't forget Sunday, I got the Father's Day episode. It's a four-parter. It goes on for two hours. The reason I did it in four parts is so it's easier to listen to. That way, you know, you don't have to listen to the whole thing all at once. You can listen to it, you know, half hour at a time. I got three great guests on. Uh, they've never done anything like that before, so it should be interesting. But I thought they did a great job, and it was a lot of fun for me. You know, it was really fun. And uh, hopefully I'll get them all on again. In fact, young Keith will be learning how to drive soon, and his father's a you know, a truck driver with well, probably three and a half million miles, three, three and a half million miles. And Keith is up for uh, recording his session of learning to drive with his dad. And we all know what fun that can be. And Keith's a nice kid and his dad's a great guy, but them recording how to learn how to drive might be torturous. So that might be interesting. So that's something I want to, I want to explore. But anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, you know, the driving thing, I just, Brings back some memories. My own son, I remember before we get into the show, I remember he, uh, you know, he, he, he showed me his driving and he pulled into the, you know, the carport and we were out there visiting him in California and, he, you know, and uh, this is where it gets good. I said, oh, you did pretty good. And he goes, oh, good. I was nervous. And I go, why? He did fine. And he goes, well, the last three times I pulled in here, I hit the wall. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, he didn't hit the wall that time, so I guess he's all right. So here we go. Here's the show. June 18th, 2020. Let's get on with it. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind. On the open road with Kingfish, right here. All right, here's the first piece of news, and this is a biggie for me. June 15th, 2020, young Hankasaurus turned one years old, and I was able to be there for his birthday. That was pretty exciting for me. Uh, last year, I took off. I was, there, I was able to be there when he was born, which is pretty amazing. And I was able to be there for his first birthday. I didn't tell anybody I was dropping the Denver run. I just dropped the run and came home and surprised everybody at Hank's birthday. And uh, it was kind of nice. It's uh, He's a squirming little guy. He's really hard to hold on to. And he's just jabbing away. We're not sure what he's saying, but uh, but he's talking. So I don't know. But just like a little worm, just squirming and squirming, really hard to hold on to. So <laughs> it was like a workout holding on to this little guy. So anyway, that's our first piece of news. I thought I'd start off with something good before we got into the horrible. All right, let's get on with it. Okay, here's a big one. 
Drivers, you know we're subject to random testing. We all know that. It's going to happen. And they just increased it to 50%, the rate of annual testing. But here's the deal. As of June 1st, 2020, here are the top eight substances that were identified in positive substance use tests reported to the clearinghouse. Now, it doesn't say the exact time frame that they did this. I'm assuming it's for 2020. But here we go. Number one is marijuana, 10,388 positives. Number two is cocaine, 3,192 positives. Methamphetamine, 2,184 positives. Amphetamines, 2,108 positives. Oxymorphin, 556 positives. Oxycontin, 452 positives. Hydrocodone, uh, I'm not saying that right, 418, and hydromorphone, 363. I'm not sure what any of those do, but the last few, the, the first three or four, or the first four I know for sure, but I guess I'm just out of it. I'm out of touch with what's going on. Of the total of a 21,156 positive substance, substance use tests, 80% were drug violations as opposed to alcohol violations. All right. Now, the FMCSA is doing a drug and alcohol clearing rules, and that went into effect on January 6th. So you got to sign up for this thing. Okay. So, you know, you might be, you know, just go over there and head up to it, because if you go to and get a new job, you're going to need to get into it. Now, it says, while truck drivers were not required immediately to register with the clearinghouse by the January 6th deadline, they must be registered in order to respond to an employer's request for consent prior to pre-employment query or other full inquiry before being conducted. Employers must register with a clearinghouse within the first year of implementation in order to complete a required annual query of the database and all truck driver employees. So basically, if you want to get into the job, you got to go sign yourself up in this clearinghouse. I don't have a link for it. In fact, I'm looking for another job now. i got to go over there and try to figure out how to do this stuff. I didn't, I don't understand. Uh, now, back when they first started doing the the, uh, the the clearinghouse, the website crashed and they had all kinds of issues on it. So that's why they're being lenient with you. It's not because of their being uh, altruistic. It's just because their system's messed up. So anyway, those are the big drugs. Marijuana, cocaine, methamphetamine, and amphetamines are in your top four. And we're under random drug testing, so I don't understand why anybody would you know, why take a chance? It just isn't worth it. All right, let's move on. Boy, the, the you know, the winning just gets bigger. But this isn't a truck driver who did this one. Thank goodness. All right, here we go. Over in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. They got this bridge, right? And it's an eight-ton bridge, which we all know is not, you know, a big truck is not going to go across this thing. And over this eight-ton bridge, you know, they got, you know, safety bars and lights and flashing lights and, you know, weight limit must be observed signs and the bridge is 15 miles an hour. And it's clearly marked and it's clearly, you can see a, a big truck's not going to fit on this thing. It's just the way it is. And the, you know, the Pennsylvania state police said that they arrested a New Jersey man. It's always a New Jersey guy for a vi variety of violations after he drove an overweight truck over. And it was overweight truck and overweight truck over a bridge earlier this week. Police arrested 50 year old New Jersey resident, Richard C. Smith Jr. in an early morning hours on June 8th in Lower Mount Bethel Township. According to a report from news outlet WFMZ, the incident began when Pennsylvania State Police were dispatched to the Riverton Belvedere Bridge, also known as the Belvedere Free Bridge, for reports of an overweight truck crossing the bridge. 
When police arrived on the scene, they determined that Smith had driven approximately 40-ton truck across the marked 8-ton bridge. So I guess it it wasn't overweight. It was just overweight for that bridge. It wasn't like it was 120,000 pounds or something. All right. So in addition, because 40 tons is 80,000 pounds. That's legal. In addition to the overweight violation, police also discovered that Smith did not have a CDL. Ooh, that's bad. Smith told officers that he got in the truck from his wife from a trucking terminal near Philadelphia. Now, why would his wife give him a truck? Now, police later learned that Smith is not married, had no reason to be driving a truck, and that the semi-truck had been stolen from the truck lot in the Philadelphia area. Authorities also said that he was listed as missing an endangered person in a database. Smith now faces felony charges of theft and receiving stolen property, in addition to traffic offenses. Smith was not the first person to find himself in hot water for driving over the bridge. Oh, my goodness. Now, the bridge was built in 1904 and underwent a nearly $9 million renovation in 2006. Now, that's just insane. All right. Don't steal bridges or don't, don't steal trucks. If you do steal trucks, don't drive them across bridges. You shouldn't. And, uh, you know, just, I don't know. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I don't know what to say. This guy did so many things wrong. He's going to be gone for a while. All right, let's move on. Well, since we're on a bridges, this is a good segue. A truck driver who's hauling goods between Canada and the U.S. was arrested and charged with smuggling 2,500,000 in marijuana. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pot. Uh, I can't say the guy's name. It's an Indian name. Arshdeep Singh was stopped on June 5th, 2020 when he was crossing the Canadian border into the U.S. Border agents became suspicious when they found that the trailer didn't have a seal. You know, you're going to do something illegal like that. You think you'd want to put a seal on it, right? The commercial truck was referred to as the Vehicle and Cargo Inspection System. Oh, was referred to the Vehicle and Cargo Inspection System for a non-intrusive x-ray exam, which showed inconsistency between the cargo and the news of the trailer and that the rest of the load. As a result, it was referred to the Peace Bridge Warehouse Loading Dock for a physical exam. During the initial physical exam, officers offloaded the properly identified coffee makers. Well, once they're both pick-me-ups, I guess, the Justice Department said. While searching the trailer, inspectors found four skids that looked different from the rest of the cargo. The inspectors opened the containers on the skids and found ground co- uh, coffee grounds. Under the coffee grounds, they found uh, vacuum-sealed bags. In total, inspectors recovered 1,608 vacuum-sealed bags of suspected marijuana weighing 1,800 pounds. Yeah, I would have thought it would have weighed a lot more than that. Really, 1,800 pounds of pot is $2,500,000? Wow. I, would have thought, I don't know. For some reason, I would have thought $2,500,000 would be a lot more than that. Anyway, Singe was arrested, and I may be saying the guy's wrong name wrong. It's S-I-N-G-H. Singe. I'm saying Singe. Singe was arrested and charged with possessing with intent to distribute an importation of marijuana. If convicted, he faces a mandatory minimum penalty of five years in prison or a maximum of 40 years. And the U.S. fine of five million dollar or five oh shit, forty years and a five million dollar fine. Wow, that's just insane. The fine is a lot more than the penalty or for the stuff he brought in. Guess he won't be selling that. Yeah, these marijuana laws are too confusing. It's going to be a while before everything's, you know. Just be careful. Don't smuggle drugs and put seals on things. But definitely don't smuggle drugs. It's not worth it. 
songs or, or drugs or people. All right, I'm going to try something a little different. This is a text-to-speech thing I got going on here on the computer. and it sounds pretty realistic. Uh, let's see how it sounds. All right, I'm just playing around with it right now. So let's see how this goes. A 60-year-old go. truck driver was found deceased behind the wheel of his truck on Interstate 90 in Arlington Heights, Illinois. According to the Illinois State Police, responded to the area of I-90 near Milepost 70 to do a wellness check on a truck driver on Friday, June 12th. When police arrived, they found the truck parked on the shoulder of the road. They found the driver of the truck, James R. Hool, unresponsive at the wheel. First responders arrived and announced Hool deceased. Hool's cause of death is unknown. All right. I just thought I'd throw that up there, see how that worked out. Let me know if you think it's uh, the computer reading that off. So anyway, on the morning of June 5th, 2020, a tractor trailer rolled down a hill, crashing into a storm building at the Gardner-Webb University in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. Oh, it's Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Hmm, it's kind of interesting. So anyway, it's like it's a chicken truck. It's a tanker, but it's just chicken on the side of it. So anyway, the incident occurred while the Case Farms truck, truck driver was getting breakfast at a Hardy's restaurant near the dorm building at about 8 a.m. While inside the restaurant, the parking brake either did not engage or malfunctioned, causing the truck to roll downhill. He probably, you know, I'm guessing he probably just didn't pull it for some reason. All right, because it's kind of a hard thing not to, I mean, you know, it's, it would be easy to not do it. I can't see how it would malfunction because you would hear it when you, when you pull the brake, you know, you hear the air. So anyway, the truck crashed the walls of a Sprangler hall and came to a hole inside a dormitory room. The crash caused 70 80 gallons of diesel fuel to spill. Emergency crews and hazmat crews responded to the scene. You know they did because they got paid big bucks to clean that mess up. And no one was in the building or truck when the incident occurred and no injuries have been reported. Yeah, so I guess the university's thankful nothing happened. And, you know, if you, <laughs> this is terrible. I'll see if I can save this one. You know, use it for the, uh, for the show, but. Yeah, this one won't be my photo. It'll be theirs. But you can see the truck embedded in the dorm. Luckily, nobody was in there because I could just imagine how that would have scared somebody. Hell, I know it would have scared me. You know, just, I don't know. Pretty scary stuff. The times we live in. Just the times we live in. All right, let's get moving on. All right, this next one's about the uh, extension of the... Uh, you know, the license because of the COVID and all the places being closed. So I'm going to go ahead and just let the computer read this one off because it's just, it goes on forever. Skip forward four minutes if you don't want to hear it or if you're not, you know, your license isn't expiring over the next year. You don't want to listen to it. Just skip over. All right, here we go. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, FMCSA, will once again extend a waiver giving truckers with expiring licenses some extra time to get them renewed as a result of the ongoing COVID-19 emergency. The FMCSA waiver provides regulatory relief for commercial driver's license, CDL, and commercial learner's permit, CLP, holders whose licenses or medical cards expired after March 1, 2020. This is an extension of a waiver issued March 24, 2020, that provided truckers with regulatory relief through June 30, 2020 due to the pandemic. The FMCSA explained that due to the public health emergency, state drivers licensing agencies in many states shut down completely or experienced higher than normal employee absences, making it tough for truckers to get their expiring licenses renewed on time. The FMCSA also pointed out that many medical care providers have canceled regular appointments due to the COVID-19 crisis, 
making it harder for truck drivers to obtain the necessary physical exam to obtain their medical certificate. Specifically, the waiver performs the following actions. Extends until September 30, 2020, the maximum period of CDL validity by waiving 49 CFR 383.73b, 9 and 383.73d, 6 for CDLs due for renewal on or after March 1, 2020. Extends until September 30, 2020, the maximum period of CLP validity by waiving 49 CFR 383.73a, 23 and 383.25c for CLPs that are due for renewal on or after March 1, 2020, without requiring the CLP holders to retake the general and endorsement knowledge tests. Waives the requirement under 49 CFR 383.25e that CLP holders wait 14 days to take the CDL skills test. Waives the requirement under 49 CFR 391.45 that CDL holders, CLP holders, and non-CDL drivers have a medical examination and certification, provided that they have proof of a valid medical certification and any required medical variant, as defined in 49 CFR 390.5t such as an exemption letter or a skill performance evaluation certificate, that were issued for a period of 90 days or longer and that expired on or after March 1, 2020. Waives the requirement under 49 CFR 383.71H, 3 that, in order to maintain the medical certification status of certified, CDL or CLP holders provide the state driver licensing agency with an original or copy of a subsequently issued medical examiner's certificate and any required medical variant, provided that they have proof of a valid medical certification or medical variance that expired on or after March 1, 2020. Waives the requirement under 49 CFR 383.730, 2. That the state driver licensing agency change the CDL or CLP holder's medical certification status to not certified upon the expiration of the medical examiner certificate or medical variant, provided that the CDL or CLP holders have proof of a valid medical certification or medical variance that expired on or after March 1, 2020. Waives the requirements under 49 CFR 383.730. In accordance with 49 CFR 383.23a, 1, and 391.41a, 1i, FMCSA continues to recognize the validity of commercial driver's licenses issued by Canadian provinces and territories and licencias federales to conductor issued by the United Mexican State. In accordance with 49 CFR Part 383, when such jurisdictions issue a similar notice or declaration extending the validity date of the medical examination and certification and or validity of the corresponding commercial driver's license due to interruption to government service resulting from COVID-19. I think I want to do is uh, that text-to-speech stuff. I may use it for stuff like that where there's a lot of information you got to get out clear. And I'll use that because they speak a lot clearer than I do, and that way there's no mistakes because that's stuff you don't want to mess around with. All right, that being said, here we go. There's always one of these. In in Illinois, Illinois, I work in Illinois. I can't say it now. In Illinois, a lot of people say Illinois. like there's more than one. Anyway, an Illinois motor carrier that employs several dozen truck drivers has filed for bankruptcy protection after the company was sued for failure to pay their bills. Well, it's like a recurring theme this year and last year. On June 7th, Bensonville, Illinois-based carrier Park Transportation filed for Chapter 11 in the Northern District of Illinois. I'm not familiar with these guys. 
I guess they're flat betters. At least that's what they're showing in their photo. According to the FMCSA Safer website, Park Transportation operates 98 power units, employs 83 drivers. So, well, we'll see what happens. Hmm. Over the past 24 months, Park Transportation trucks have undergone a total of 70 inspections, resulting in 25 out-of-service orders. This is 35.7% out of a service rate. It's significantly higher than a national average of 20.72. You know, 20.72 seems like a lot to me. You know, I've never been put out of service. I've had plenty of inspections over 25 years, but I've never been put out of service. Is there anybody else? You know, I mean, I could see something like brakes sneaking by you or something, but I don't know. Maybe I've just been lucky. I don't know. All right, let's get moving on. All right, this is a big one. You know, during you know, this crisis right now, you know, people are pissed at the cops. And, you know, and, and let's be honest here. Not all cops are bad. There's a few bad apples out there. Just like not all drivers are good and not all drivers are bad. But, you know, the trucks are a target. Let's face it, we're a target. So truckers wouldn't, well, they, they say they won't deliver to cities that are defunded, you know, and, and that the police are defunded. Uh, nobody's really come on and said that yet. Nobody's been fired for anything like that. But nobody wants to be original, Denny. So I guess they put out a survey and majority of drivers are like, no, I'm not going in there. If they, if they defund the cops, there's no cops. I'm not going because I'm, you know, I'm just too big a target. It's easier to rob a truck than it is a bank. So I don't know. So hopefully we'll get this straightened out. We'll get through this. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, back in the 60s, we had rioting and, you know, basically civil rights issues and, th- you know, all the things we have now, basically. It's like we didn't learn anything from the 60s. And then we launch a rocket this week also. So it's like, wow, we really are, re- you know, re- re- going, redoing the 60s again. You know, it's just like, you know, I, you know, when I look back on the 60s as a kid, I thought, oh, what a wonderful time to be alive. Now I'm thinking, nah, not so much. <laughs> Not so much. It just, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get things straightened out and people can find justice. And they can find justice they can live with. So that's what I hope for. All right, let's keep moving on. Well, here we go again. All right, you all know we've lost a lot of trucking companies over the last two years. I mean, a lot. Well over a thousand. So now they're going to put up the new... uh it's called the Investing in a New Vision for the Environment and Service Transportation in America, the Invest in America Act. And it is a proposed infrastructure bill that will invest $500 billion, that's $500 billion into the nation's highways and transportation systems over the next five years. That's a lot of money. All right. This, you know, and I'm all for better highways, better bridges, safety, inspections. You know, we need that stuff. We really do because we got no highway to go. We got no infrastructure. All right, and then everything else falls, right? Because the trucks and the, the roads are what brings it all together. So anyway, the standalone bill had the support of the trucking industry. However, a new provision added to the bill called the Garcia Amendment 62 could be detrimental to the trucking industry. If the Invest in America bill passes with the Garcia Amendment 62, minimum insurance premiums for commercial motor vehicles will increase to $2 million up from $750,000. The bill will be up for debate on the Senate floor on June 30th. All right, hundreds of trucking companies have ceased operations in the last two years. More like we've gone into the thousands. 
truckers have you know have pointed have pointed to increased insurance costs, softness in the frame market, government regulations, and difficulty in hiring qualified drivers as reasons for shutting down operations. Some of these companies include, of course, we've talked about these Falcon Transport, LME, NEMF, and Celadon. There's quite a few more. So if this bill passes the way it is with this amendment, we might be uh, reporting on a lot more truck closings. Hopefully that won't happen. We need the bill. We need the highways. But if we shut down the trucking companies, then we don't really need the highways, do we? All right. More good news. Well, not for us anyway. All right. According to June 16 announcement from the Illinois State Police, all state way, way stations locations closed due to the pandemic and travel restrictions will be fully operational as of June 17th. So as of June 17th, watch out. The Illinois scales are going to be back open. So we get to go back to the uh, waiting in lines and all the other nonsense. You know, I don't mind going to the scale, but, you know, I sure do hate waiting in line on the highway, you know, on the ramp to get in the place. It don't seem safe to me at all. If the ramps are full, you should bypass, or you should be able to bypass illegally. You know, they did that in Tennessee for a while. I don't know if they still do. I haven't been down there for a while, but, you know, that's the way it should be everywhere. And some of the Illinois scales, are the ramps are pretty small. And they back up pretty fast. It can be kind of scary being out there. So watch out. Illinois scales are now open again. Well, this one's kind of funny if you're not there. If you're there, I'm sure it's not that funny. On June 13, 2020, a semi-truck and I-40 in Oklahoma City leaked thousands of gallons of sunflower oil on the highway. All right. The truck continued to drive for several miles as the sunflower oil spilled onto the highway. So it caused multiple accidents. People were... Oh, it was seven collisions. People were spinning out, hitting the wall. I guess uh, sunflower oil's slippery, I guess. I don't know. I'm not much of a cook. So if you're uh, leaking sunflower oil and you're driving down the road, don't do it. You know, just don't do it, I guess. All right, that's all we got for today. Not too much. It's a pretty easy week. I uh, look forward to that Father's Day special on Sunday. It's going to be pretty interesting. I think you'll like it. Um... Like I said, you know, you can have... Oh, shit, I did it on... All right. Like I said, you can... You know, these kids can do good. The fathers are very actively involved with their kids. And that's why I picked these three. I know their fathers quite well. They're great people. And their kids are even more... You know, they're more wonderful. And these guys are going to go. They want to go to college. They're going to college. Nothing's going to stop these kids. You know, this generation's not as bad as people try to make them out to be. At least not from what I can see. All right. Have a great day. Kingfish out.